You're listening to High Vibe Mindset, where entrepreneurs Aaron Smith, a sports physician assistant, and Melissa Smith, an intuitive eating dietitian and mindset coach, dive into all the juicy details of business, relationships, health, science, and spirituality. Now let's dive in. Today, we're going to talk about six routines that will change your life in 2021. And we know that these will change your life because they've changed ours. So we got this idea from a fellow YouTuber and podcaster, Erin Mae Henry. Check out her podcast, Game Changers. So now we're going to share our spin and our personal practices that we like to do with each of these routines. And let's get started with the first one, which is having a morning routine. Yeah, so we had talked about this on a previous episode, how a morning routine or creating these habits that form routines are are so important. Uh, Once again, we're revisiting this. Having a morning routine to start your day off right is so critical. I want to quote Admiral William McRaven. He was a former Navy SEAL uh, and obviously an admiral of the Navy uh, later on after certain promotions. He became viral a few years ago after giving the graduation speech at, at some college. And he later came out with a book kind of detailing his life lessons and his stories from being a Navy SEAL. And his book is called Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life and Maybe the World. And he starts off almost every chapter, if you want to change the world, Start off by making your bed. The reason behind this is he says you want to start off with a task completed. He's like, don't start off by looking at your phone. That's not a task completed. Don't start off by checking social media or or checking your email. Start out with yourself. What do you need to do? Wake up, obviously, um, in the morning, but start off with that first task. And for most people, that first task is either making breakfast or getting dressed or getting ready or making your bed. Just a simple chore that you can start out. And after you after you do that one task, you get a sense of pride and a sense of accomplishment from just even if though it's really small. Just start out with one thing completed already that then continues on to the rest of your day. You start out with that mindset like, I already did that. Great. And then that one thing turns into two things. And then by the end of the day, you've you've accumulated all these tasks over time that they start making huge differences in your life. But it all started with that very first one. But if you don't start out with that first task early in the morning, it's really hard to get in the groove and really hard to get in the rhythm of being productive for that day. Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, making your bed is an interesting one. That one can be really good um, because having a clean environment can definitely clear your mind of clutter. It can make your environment less overwhelming, make you more excited to get things done. And so making your bed is kind of part of that, right? It's it's infusing doing a task, being productive, but also cleaning your space, respecting your space. Another thing that I hear a lot of people do is they like to start off their day with something that is both the hardest thing they're going to do all day and also the thing that's going to automatically give them instant energy. And that is taking a freezing cold shower. And it's actually something I haven't done yet. Still, I'm really terrified of it because I take the hottest showers ever and I hate any type of cold temperature. It's actually on my list, but that's an interesting one, too. Yeah, I don't understand how you haven't got like second degree burns. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I'm just special that way. (laughs) I just like it really, really hot. And I know a lot of other women feel me. For my morning routine, I definitely start off my day with, you know, putting myself first, anything that is going to 
One, give me the energy I need to get started. Two, give me the motivation. And three, get me in the right mindset. So there's various things I might do. And I usually rotate. I've already talked about this before, but I might do something starting moving my body like a walk or doing an exercise. Or I might start off by journaling or meditating or making like a a breakfast and kind of sitting down maybe with some learning, something that's just going to like a podcast or something, something that's going to get me in the right vibes and the right mindset. Another thing I would like to mention that can be extremely helpful. Yes, a cold shower. Awesome. I've I've heard that from a lot of people. I want to do it. I do, but I don't. (laughs) I've done it once and it will definitely wake you up and get you moving. It's not something I really enjoy, though, but I do understand why people find it productive and for helping them wake up and actually start the day out. But another thing that's not quite as shocking to the body that can be very helpful is actually just sunlight. Not everyone has the option to do this, especially if you have a a partner that sleeps in later than you. You know, I think of those movies. I know some of you may have this. Um, We're not at that level just yet to where the curtains actually automatically open up, you know, when your alarm goes off, letting the sunlight in. Sunlight definitely one improves your mood but two helps give people energy is a good way to start the day even right now like recording this podcast i have a massive ring light right in my face (laughs) just because (laughs) it helps me stay awake and helps me stay alert like sunlight is a huge factor in in energy and not only energy but in attitude studies have showed that it reduces depression dark spaces damp spaces usually they they're more depressive and make you tired and sleepy. So in the morning, when you're trying to get up and you're trying to get ready for the day, opening up the windows, letting the light in, unless you wake up super early when there's no light out, but turning on all the lights, you know, just, just getting that dose of light in your life is, is very important. Yes. And I noticed that I really try to get a walk in before I start any type of work. And the days where I can't, where I can't be out in the sunshine, I definitely have lower energy and it's kind of harder to get me me um, being into things. Okay, so the second routine is a learning routine. And I love this. I absolutely love learning every day. I can't get enough of it. I'm just very curious. And I like to learn a lot of different subject matters. But this is important for everyone. And it doesn't mean you have to spend hours learning or do anything complicated. If you can learn one new thing a day, you're good. So whether that comes from reading a book or talking to someone, maybe talking to a mentor or someone that you look up to, someone who's in an industry or a place that you want to be and having a conversation with them, whether it's taking a course, listening to a podcast, that's definitely one of my favorite ways to be learning, watching a YouTube video. You definitely want to be learning something new every day, sharpening your skills. Yeah, so I think an important part of of creating a habit of of learning is actually to set aside a time for learning. This can be as simple as, you know, listen to a podcast in the car on your way to work. So you're not really having to set aside a completely separate time frame for this, but you're actually taking something that you already do in every day and you're adding a learning aspect into it. I find that very helpful and actually doing this when you're short on time or you're very busy or when you actually don't have time to pull out a book and actually read through it. More than just setting aside a time for learning is actually making it easy. So again, the podcast in the car, that's pretty easy. Most people's cars have Bluetooth set up to sync it to your smartphone. You can just listen to it as you go. And it takes like 30 seconds. And actually, our cars automatically sync with our phones. And and all we have to do is open up the podcast and start listening. But let's say if you want to read a book, like you need to leave that book. You need to leave that book in the place where you're most likely 
going to be able to read it. So this is either by your nightstand at bed or by your desk. You know, if you have, you know, a 10, a 10 minute break where you can actually do a little bit, sometimes you need that 10 minute break to kind of de-stress. And, and I completely understand that. But if you have a little free time and you have the book right there, you're more likely to pick it up and start reading it if it's nearby you, if it's easy to access. If you go to bed and, and you read your book at bed and you left your book upstairs, you're not reading it. It's not going to happen. So you need to remove those obstacles and make it easy for yourself. Yeah. And I definitely want to expound on this too, actually, because now that I'm thinking about it, like, yes, you can have a easy peasy learning routine and do start really small and simple if you feel overwhelmed. But my learning routine is pretty extensive. So I want to share a little bit about that too and why I have gotten it to this place, why I see value in learning. I set aside time, like Aaron said, with podcasting. If I drive anywhere, which is rare nowadays, I'll listen to a podcast in the car. But I do walk each day and that's my time to listen to a podcast or an audiobook as well. On top of that, I really enjoy. So not only that, but I really love learning different skills and I love becoming, you know, a better marketer, a better business owner. But I also really like personal development. And so I might purchase a course for inner child healing, or I might purchase a course for manifestation or just learning different concepts. And it can be in the realm of personal development, of business, of spirituality, of relationships, because the more knowledge that you have, it really helps. There's a lot of these certain skills that we weren't taught growing up. We didn't have it modeled to us in our childhood. And a lot of this stuff, we just we simply have to learn. We can't learn everything we need to know in school. So it's important to be a lifelong learner. It's going to take you further faster. And there is that idea that, you know, if you spend too much time on courses and learning and not implementing the action, that's going to hold you back in business. I don't think so. I really find that you need to strike a balance and you really should be doing a little bit of learning every single day. And of course, as well as taking massive action each day. Yeah, I think it's very important to remember you need to invest in yourself. Having the latest technology and the latest gadgets, all that's really cool and can help. But if you're not investing in yourself, if you're not learning and improving yourself, you're not going to get the the improvements that you're really looking for. 100%. In addition to that, you know, I've noticed that there were a lot of different mindset blocks that I had, childhood trauma, different things. And that affects your business. That actually affects the outcome because on the subconscious level, which we can talk about more in one of these other routines, I definitely want to dive deeper into that. But on the subconscious level, we just have a lot of beliefs that we're carrying around and it can really hold us back in business in so many different ways. One of the most common things people talk about is like money mindset blocks, right? Money blocks. But there is a lot more to it. And trust me, I've been learning a lot and uncovering these different things. And I'm so grateful for that because it actually has helped me to strengthen my mindset to just be 
happier, healthier in so many different ways, focusing more too on the mental health aspects and everything, uncovering different things. And it is so true. Like your business is an extension of you. So if you're not doing well, if you have like emotional shit to work through or limiting beliefs, you could be awesome. You can be like the most intelligent person. You can be an expert, but it can really hold you back. So don't give up. Continue to learn and figure out what skills you need to develop. It can be the surface level strategic things, you know, the strategy, or it could be the deeper things and those bigger root causes on the subconscious level. So routine number three is having a visionary routine. So I'm going to start this one out because I know Melissa's list is much more extensive than mine. She practices this into a much greater detail than me. And that's great. For me, it's very simple. I like to write out my goals. You know, if I have something I want to do, it's good to think about it and good to speculate on it. But many times people get in that that trap where they're like, well, I'll start it later. I'll do it later. And it never comes about. If you write your goals down, you tell your friends who support you. Very important part. Don't tell your friends who are going to rip you up to shreds and be like, oh, you can never do that. Oh, why are you even trying? You need to find your supportive friends. And you never really know because a lot yeah, of times other people's limiting beliefs are projected on to you. They do it out of love and the fear comes out and it's, you know, if that happens, just take it with a grain of salt. That's their issues, not yours. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I used to have a friend. Actually, they still are my friend. But for a little while, I stopped telling them updates in my life. Like, oh, you know, we're looking to buy a house. I was like, wow, it's a bad time to buy a house. And... <laughs> <laughs> you really want to call them? Now we're, we're getting real. <laughs> or something else like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about trading in my car. Like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And, you know, after a while, I stopped telling them things because I was like, you know, I don't really need that negativity. Like, this is something I want to do. And and especially once we started these businesses, I absolutely did not. They were actually one of the last people I told that, hey, we're starting a podcast or, hey, you know, I'm starting a YouTube channel because I didn't want to have that negativity. I didn't want them to ruin my enthusiasm and the positivity I had. Uh, so I didn't tell them for several months in and, and surprisingly, they were supportive on this. I wasn't expecting that. I do think it's important to have that accountability. Like, I think it's important to have that accountability to not just think about your goals, but to write them down, tell people, because then it becomes real. One thing that, that we've we've done before is that we've written out goals or, or things we want to think on, uh, like attitudes or mindsets we want to have. We took pictures of them, put them as our background on our, our laptop. We put them as our background on our phone. So every time we, we look at social media, we see, oh, here's our goals right here. Here's our dreams that we want to do. I've seen people put them on sticky notes in their car, just anywhere where you're going to see it. The more you see it, the more you're reminded of it, the more you think about it, the more likely you are to keep pursuing it and not get off track. Are you looking to elevate your client experience to the next level? Whether you're in the wellness, photography, or mental health worlds, imagine the impact of offering your client a truly unique and memorable gift that supports them on a personal level. Introducing the Custom Affirmation Card Decks by Soleya. Our custom affirmation decks are designed to empower and inspire your clients, leaving a lasting impression that strengthens your professional relationship. So picture this. Your own branded affirmation cards beautifully crafted with imagery that reflects your brand's essence. These card decks serve as more than just a gift. They become a daily reminder of your commitment to your client's well-being and success. 
Whether you're a life coach, yoga instructor, therapist, or photographer, your custom card deck supports your client's personal growth, even when they're not in a session with you. So why settle for generic gifts like candles or pens when you can create something truly transformational and beautiful? With Soleil's custom affirmation cards, you can tailor every aspect to align with your brand identity and the values that you stand for. And this process is easy for you. We do all the heavy lifting from design to ordering. Simply choose your affirmations, select the imagery, and add your logo and branding elements. We'll take care of the rest, delivering a high-quality, personalized product. Join the ranks of leading wellness, photography, and mental health professionals who are elevating their client experience with custom affirmation card decks from Solea. Visit our website today at solea.co slash custom to learn more and start creating your own unforgettable client gifts. That's solea.co slash custom. And I'll spell it out for you. S-O-U-L-E-A dot C-O forward slash C-U-S-T-O-M. Together, let's inspire positivity and empower transformation one affirmation at a time. Yes. And I like how you said getting accountability. I think that's what's important too with the friendships, right? You can see who's going to be supportive and not. If anyone's not supportive, you know, just make sure you don't take it personal. It's not about you. It's more about them. But the people who are supportive, maybe you can find an accountability partner with that. And that's what I have. One of my best friends is also in business and having her as an accountability partner is amazing. I mean, when I think about it, sometimes I'm like, man, I probably don't even need a coach as much as I love my coach that I have right now. It is truly magical when you have someone who is willing to check in with you so frequently and encourage you and you can really bounce ideas off of them and they can hear out, you know, all all the areas where you're struggling and everything and give you tips. So just want to make that quick point about accountability partners. Continuing on with the visionary routine, like Aaron said, being able to have that reminder, physical reminder everywhere is really, really big. Another thing you can think of is having a vision board. And like he said, your vision board can be the wallpaper on your computer or your phone. I literally have a wallpaper on my computer background. I have a tab in my Notion that's like one of my organizing programs with that. I've got it on my phone. I journal about it. And I've got two other vision boards like hanging on my wall. (laughs) So all the physical reminders. Another thing with this visionary routine, getting into the manifestation of it all is we really want to feel the feelings. So the vision board that can invoke those feelings. If you have those powerful images, like you have a picture of your dream house, that's what I have, right? Or the dream furniture, the dream clothing. And I have like the dream podcast studio and the dream travel and trips and everything. When you look at that, you can be like, oh, I want to jump in that photo. I want to live there. It just makes you so excited. So you want to be able to feel that, but you want to take it a step further, not just feel like that's so cool. I wish I had that. You really want to be able to get into that space of acting as if once in a while and meditation can help with that where you sit and you visualize instead of just thinking like I wish I had that I want that just really pretend that it's already yours see it as being yours start to 
feel grateful that you already have it. Like imagine right now you won the lottery, you already have a million dollars and you get to spend it. Once you start writing down or listing out and thinking how you're going to spend it, you start getting excited, right? So it's things like that, imagining that you're already on that trip and visualize yourself there and, and have the gratitude like, thank you so much that I have this, you know, that truly helps as well because we don't want to just stay in that place where we're just kind of like wishing, but not really believing. And what helps, even if you have a lot of limiting beliefs and it's hard to believe, if you can get into those feelings, even for a few minutes, that truly helps to begin to manifest things and to kind of change your mindset around it as well. Because the more you feel it, the more you believe it. And this doesn't just have to be like material things or trips. Like for me, it's it's actually much simpler than that. Yes, there. if I'm really dreaming big, yeah, there are some, some things out there I would really like. But for me and, and for I think a lot of people, it's just not having to live paycheck to paycheck, you know, not having to wonder, you know, where are you going to get the money to pay the light bill at for next month? Or are you going to be able to pay for your kids education or, or preschool or like that, like like that can be a motivating factor, too. And I think a lot of times we we overlook these these simple things because we're we're looking so big, but it's good to have big goals, but you can have small goals, too, like living stress free because you're not worried about finances or, or overwhelming debt. Like those are very good motivating factors. You definitely can, but you need to be careful about the way you approach it and think about it. Right. Because if you're just thinking like, oh, I have so much debt or I'm under so much financial stress and I just wish I wasn't and I just don't want the debt. You're still kind of thinking in the negative. It doesn't feel as fun. So a lot of times what you'll find with manifestation is when you can take it a little step further, it doesn't have to be very extravagant. It still you still needs to feel comfortable and it needs to be your true desire. And you have your those desires for a reason. But if you can feel into that and feel like what's really going to bring you joy and happiness and peace, of course, for everyone, we all want to be financially secure and we don't want to be stressed. But what is going to make you really on top of that, like really just happy and grateful and just like, wow, this is amazing. Because if you can tap into that and think about that, that helps you to stay motivated. It brings the manifestation. I mean, I believe in the manifestation and the law of attraction and that's how it works, right? If we get ourselves into a higher vibration, that's where things can start moving and start being attracted to us. The right people start to show up, opportunities show up, money shows up. So we actually did this. I did a manifestation exercise where I, you know, just imagine like what would like a 20,000 dollar month look like, right? That's like my my next level. It's not super extravagant and insane. And it seems more attainable, but it is higher than where I'm at. And it could definitely help us in so many different areas. So I wrote out like everything I would spend the money on. Of course, there's bills, there's that. But I made sure like to put in the fun stuff, right? And write that down and feel into that energy. And the first thing I wrote down, the top thing was a house because we had a house in Arkansas that we're trying to sell. We're actually in Florida now. We're renting right now and we want to get out of this apartment and we want to buy our new house. But, you know, we already knew we're probably gonna have to wait a while. We're going to have to wait on 
the house in Arkansas, we're finishing renovating it. And when we got to wait, put it on the market, wait to sell, turn around, then go look for a house. So we're like, we're probably not going to even realistically get into a new house until 2022, maybe. But it was crazy. Once I did this exercise, like that same weekend, Aaron saw an amazing new house go on the market. And he's like, all excited. We got to go see it, you know? Even if we can't get it like, oh, this is like the house I want. This is perfect. Let's go see it. So we went to go see it and it literally just worked out. So it's insane. Everything worked out and we're actually going to be moving there. They're still finishing up building it and we're going to move in April. And we're just so excited. So it was pretty crazy. It was a really big manifestation. So routine number four is having an exercise routine. So everyone already knows there's so many different benefits to exercise. Yet so few people actually have a consistent program. I I can't say much about this. I'm, I'm very bad about this myself of having the habits of doing this consistently because exercise is not just an improvement in, in your physical well-being, but it has cognitive benefits. It has uh, benefits for your attitude, benefits for energy. It deters depression. Like there's so many good things about exercise going forward and looking into changing yourself and bettering yourself. If you don't have an exercise program in your life, even if it's small, but if you don't have one, you're missing out on some really big benefits. For me personally, The most important is just to have consistency. But once you have that consistency, I also think it's very good to have a a balance, meaning there's so many people, myself included, I've I've fallen into this trap before, where we get caught up in in one thing for exercise, whether that's resistance training or just cardio. It's good to have a balance of different things. Now, this is partly my orthopedic um, experience coming out in me because I do see a lot of people, they'll come in with knee pain or something. And once I start talking to them, they're like, oh yeah, I've been exercising. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm doing cardio. I'm riding the bike or the elliptical. And, you know, if they're having knee pain, I'm usually like, well, are you doing resistance training as well? Like, are you lifting weights to actually build up strength? Because what a lot of people don't realize is cardio is good for your heart and lungs, but it doesn't build a whole lot of muscle mass. And and that muscle mass is actually important as well in maintaining your your physical health. Um, So having that balance is good, but we need to start out one, start with an exercise routine, just start. And two, Make it consistent. The exercise routine. All these routines, of course, are to help you get to, like we said, the title of the episode, your higher level self, right? That next level version of you, the version you want to be happy and successful. And these routines are to help you in all these different areas. We're covering mindset. We're covering your beliefs and we're covering the physical health as well. It's important to take care of yourself. It's important to have energy, take care of your body. For myself, I have definitely been on both ends of the spectrum. I was a personal trainer. I was extremely rigid with my exercise routine. I was very obsessive in college. I would exercise like two, three hours a day. It was ridiculous. And then when I was in grad school, I went the complete opposite end of, you know, being bombarded with schoolwork and internship and so many things during my MBA and dietetic internship at the same time. Exercise just kind of stopped for me. And you can definitely feel the effects. So what I'm really a big proponent of now as the intuitive eating mindset dietitian, I like intuitive health in all forms, especially for people who are struggling. So what that means to me is 
Intuitive health, intuitive exercise, it's all about listening to your body and you're going to do what your body needs day to day. If you are starting off from zero, then what's probably going to feel best for your body is like Aaron said, starting off small, right? You can work your way up and you'll know when it's right to work your way up. Another big thing You know, the motivation happens when you have the self-care in place, when you are getting enough sleep, when you're eating enough, when you're taking good care of yourself, that will give you that energy you need to be able to actually physically endure an exercise. So that self-care has to be in place. And the other thing that um, helps you with motivation exercise is to not be obsessive with it. To make it fun. So another thing with intuitive exercise or mindful movement that I like to preach is do what's fun. Do what you want to do. You do, you know, the shoulds, like Aaron said, with strength training. I agree with that. But I also think infuse as much fun as possible, right? It's about moving your body. So if you need to do a dance party, go for a walk, do whatever, you can still challenge yourself. And I do think it is good to work up to that routine, get into strength training and definitely try to make that fun too and find the exercises you like. Maybe it's not always going to be fun, but it definitely helps to infuse as much fun as possible and not to take things so seriously. Yeah. One one caveat of that, because I see this happen all the time. Someone who's never worked out before they go in and they look up like Arnold Schwarzenegger's workout and that's exactly a, no. that's a that's a three-hour <laughs> workout I've done it before it is intense oh well, yeah <laughs> you gotta remember one those people have been doing it for years and two many of them are using performance enhancing drugs which you're probably not so yeah. trying to do what they're doing or, or a movie actor I'll see you know this is Chris Pratt's or this is um what's his not name Chris Pratt Chris Hemsworth <laughs> no Chris Pratt lost 60 pounds in six months for one of his oh, roles yeah, too yeah but Chris Hemsworth is the best Chris yeah, yeah but but Chris Hemsworth, like going up and looking up, you know, or a long time ago, I looked up Spartacus workout when he had a, a grueling like four to six hour workout every day of the week almost. And and I looked at him like a normal person can't do this. Like not only can you not do it, but you don't have the time to do it. Well, exactly. And that turns people off completely yeah. to exercise because they get in so much pain. They can't walk and they're like, I'm not cut out for this. And then they don't do it. So no, that is like Olympic. Think of intense workouts like that, like just think of it on the same level as Olympic athletes. You're not going to do Olympic athlete level workouts to normal people workouts. Have fun with it. Yeah. Just be careful with that because I see so many people, they make this change and they're like, I'm going to go get really in shape and they go out and they hurt themselves or they burn out in two weeks and, and they're out of it. And then they go back to their, their old routine where nothing's changed. They're back to their old ways. This is exactly why I talk about listening to your body, intuitive exercise, because if you're listening to your body, you're aware during the exercise how you're feeling, you know, and it's like, can I do this? Is this good for me? Do I want to do this? Asking all those types of questions. I can do a whole episode on this, but that's going to set you up for success when you kind of ignore ignore that and you kind of look outside of yourself and be like, oh, I, I need to be like that, even though that's not your level right now or not, not what's going to feel good right now or whatever. It goes against listening to your body. It's going to backfire. So This is where our obligatory disclaimer comes in, like... (laughs) Obligatory. Obligatory? Yeah, obligatory. (laughs) Obligatory. Wow, you're so mean. That's not high vibe at all. No. (laughs) You always leave in the words where you like to butcher. I didn't know that's how you pronounce it. Just re-say it. it. Here's our disclaimer. (laughs) As always, talk to your physician before starting any exercise. Okay, so now we're going to talk about 
a self-care routine. I love this because this is the fun one. So a self-care routine, you know, when we think of self-care, we think of painting your nails, bubble baths, all that. But it's definitely like I like to look at it. No, we don't. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess you don't. But hey, you liked my bath bomb. So maybe you do now. But I like to think of like the holistic self-care in my mind. I don't think of it as just painting your nails or bath bombs, even though those are definitely part of it. I think of every aspect of yourself taking inventory and seeing like, what do I need to take care of right now? So it could be mind, body, soul, your physical health, mental health, your social needs, creativity needs, spiritual needs, mindset needs. Basically, self-care is what it sounds like taking care of yourself. Some of my favorite self-care things that I like to do, travel always feels like a form of self-care and rejuvenation for me. Maybe learning something new, a new course, catching up with my friends. I'm big on movies and TV. I could definitely binge Netflix all the time or YouTube or anything and definitely love a good bath bomb. And I really think about self-care as taking the time to just pour into yourself, build yourself up in the fun ways, but also in those critical ways like the emotional care, like like therapy or anything that's going to help build you up, you know, build back up your self-esteem or into yourself, like I said. And then the last thing when I think of self-care, I think it's so critical to have alone time because when you're alone in your own energy, you can really recharge and you can really make clear headed decisions because we all have energy, right? And if we're around in other people's energy all the time and we're not having enough alone time, we can really be taking on their energy. We can be taking on their ideas, their mindsets, and it can affect us. It can make us make the wrong decision. It can make us be away from our own intuition. And it's so important to have that alone time to sit with yourself, to reflect. It doesn't have to be in total stillness and, you know, just with your thoughts, but just the fact of being alone and choosing like exactly exactly what you want to do right now that's going to help you feel good. It gets you in that space of, I think, being able to make those more clear-headed decisions and tapping into your intuition and living the best life that you can. Okay, now that we're through with all the glitter and rainbows and unicorns, (laughs) let's let's talk real, okay? So uh, (laughs) I'm actually going to... I'm going to geek out on this one a little bit because my self-care is worlds apart from Melissa's. And and that's fine. Like, (laughs) I understand she needs her bath bombs. She needs her Netflix parties. She needs definitely needs her social time hanging out with friends and stuff. I've I've never really been all that big into self-care. At least I didn't think I was because everything I always heard was like, yeah, I really don't care for that. But there are some things I do that kind of help me relieve stress or, or really, you know, just take care of my mind that really help me mentally. So one of them is actually gaming with some of my old college buddies. So this provides a social aspect as well. Like I actually don't play any games by myself. 
Like, it's very rare I do that. I only play online multiplayer games so I can actually jump on Discord and, and talk to some of my friends that don't live nearby me anymore. And we have a great time and I love it. But I also have to be careful because I know you can create an addiction this way. There is a lot of people who are starting to have a gaming addiction where they spend, I've seen up to 12, 14 hours a day, people playing games and and they're playing so much that it becomes detrimental to their health and, and their, their life. So you definitely have to be careful, but done in moderation, as Thanos says, perfectly balanced as all things should be. Oh, Lord, Thanos. I told you we're going to geek out <laughs> a little bit here. <laughs> so so gaming's one of mine. The other one, and now we're really getting into the, the realm of, of, of geeking out, is, is actually anime. I said it. That's my secret. It's out <laughs> for everyone to know now. Um, Melissa's known this for a long typical time. typical guy over no, here. <laughs> I think so. You know, luckily it's become more mainstream now. A few years ago, you know, only you, you see the Big Bang Theory, and, and that's the kind of people that hung, hung out in the comic book stores and stuff. And it's become a little bit more mainstream, more people watching now. But for me, like, truthfully, that's how I relax in, and de-stress is just watching a simple thing. And it doesn't have to be that. It can be any TV show or, or anything that, that people enjoy. But for me personally, that's that's kind of what I do. And at first, when we started tossing around the idea of, of YouTube and, and this podcast, I used to feel really guilty when I would sit down and, and watch a TV show because in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I should be working on the website. I should be editing the audio. There's so many things in our business we should do. And after a while, I realized it's super important for me to keep my sanity and prevent burnout. Like you need to take a little bit of time to do things that you enjoy. What you enjoy is going to differ from person to person, but it's very important to not just throw that on the back burner and, and forget about it. Like it's good to hustle. It's good to work hard, but take time for yourself as well. Two interesting points I want to bring out related to that. So one, you mentioned like gaming can turn into an addiction. Anything that gives you that instant dopamine hit, like social media, TV shows, gaming, like those can all definitely turn into an addiction and can make it hard to stop. So I think it is good to balance, you know, those those dopamine type of activities with something that's going to be more something that's not going to like spike your nervous system and stimulate you with a screen, something that's going to be like, you know, more relaxing and chill or physical like exercise or getting your nails done or something. So you're not constantly stimulated. But I know you you exercise and do other stuff. <laughs> I love it when I get my nails done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite part of the my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely part of a of a self-care routine to have that entertainment of course. And then also looking at ways that, you know, you don't get addicted to that or you you have a strike a good balance. Obviously, that's why part one of our routines is the exercise routine and everything anyways. And then my other point is you hit it on the head talking about like you have to prevent burnout. You have to be able to schedule in self-care. I am a huge proponent of self-care. And what I do is make sure I don't overbook myself and I don't work long hours of business. It's rare, like long hours each day in my business. It's rare that I would have a day where I'm going to be like just working all day long and through the night, you know, maybe if there's like a big launch or something coming up. But I really am intentional about how I schedule my day on my Google calendar and how I time block 
And I really dedicate my morning to to me and to these things like self-care routine and morning routine and moving my body and different things because you can't you can't just like wake up and work and then work all day and then work all night, you know, and be a workaholic because it, it will catch up with you and it's not pretty. Okay, so now we're going to talk about a release routine. And I think this one is probably the one that people aren't doing as much, aren't familiar with. It's something that I've only started in 2020. So this one's really cool to talk about. So when I think of a release routine, really, this is that subconscious work I was talking about earlier. On a subconscious level, we have all of these beliefs. We have these blueprints of messages and beliefs that were formed in our childhood. Somebody said something to us and maybe one person made a comment about, oh my goodness, you're so lazy. And then you just kind of could ingrain that and internalize that and kind of see yourself as that subconsciously. And you could think about that through your adulthood and really take on that identity. We have all these beliefs and stories about ourselves, all these narratives that really be holding us back from reaching that higher self, that future version that we want to get to. And we can be repeating a lot of patterns we don't want to. So a release routine is the practice and the work of releasing limiting beliefs and healing. I like to do this in a number of different ways. So subconscious work, the way I can figure out, you know, what's holding me back? What do I need to release? Right. When I say what do I need to release? It could be releasing um, a limiting belief, an old story, a version of myself that I don't want to be anymore. It could be releasing difficult emotions, trauma, all these different things that I don't want to have bogging me down and holding me back. I just want to be able to let it go. So there's a lot of different modalities I love to do. But yeah, what does that mean to you, Aaron? I don't know. No. <laughs> so the biggest one for me that I had to really release was just my constant, cynical, pessimistic attitude on everything critical. And don't get me wrong, there is there is an there's a time and place to be critical or to be skeptical, I think. But to have that as an overarching theme in your mind and an overarching thought, every time you hear or see something like, oh, I can't do that or oh, that's never going to work. Or I had to completely rid myself of that. We, we talked about this a few times, but I, I've kind of always had that mindset where, you know, work hard, get a good, stable job, this or that. But I never really looked into the business side because I was like, well, it's not going to work like that was kind of my mindset for years and years and years. So so once Melissa and I, we, we sat down, we started talking about, you know, creating this and, and trying to do all these things. That was the number one thing in my mind. I didn't really care about what other people thought. Some people do. And that can be something you had to release. But for me personally, I had to release my own thoughts of criticism because, you know, I was instantly pessimistic. Like, eh, probably not worth it. I don't know if it'll happen. Da da da. This or that. And I had to really dig down deep and decide. Like, okay, putting all that aside, putting the negativity aside, is this something I want to do? Is this a passion for me? And once I started really looking in, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I really do want to do this. And I think it'd be fun if it isn't passion. Of course, I want to be successful and I want lots of people to hear this and, and that'd be great. 
But if it's a passion, like I'm just happy doing it. And I think a lot of successful people do that as well. Like they just enjoy really doing what they do and they end up becoming successful because they, they find it's not just a hobby for them or it's not just a passing thing. For me, releasing my negative thoughts um, or, or some people have baggage or whatever, however you want to phrase it. That was a big for me. Yeah, I definitely like to think of it as limiting beliefs. That's like the lens that has really helped me the most with understanding all these blocks, mindset blocks and things that are holding us back and the perspectives that we have. And not to genderize this, but it's pretty interesting. I see pretty commonly that men tend to have basically what Aaron was describing is a typical kind of mindset or limiting belief around this isn't going to be worthy of my time. And there could be reasons because normally it's tied to finances. Like this is a waste of time because it's not going to produce money or it's not going to produce money fast enough. Right. So it's like when they weigh it, they're like, well, you know, with a nine to five job, you make that paycheck on day one. And anything else that you might not make the paycheck on day one, you can have that limiting belief of like, it's not worth my time. And for women, a lot of them tend to have more of that fear of rejection, people pleasing, or even an insecure side because of so many things, obviously, because of the way we have to be very preoccupied with appearances and different things. So a lot of women struggle with the fear of rejection, the fear of visibility, and have a hard time to just show up, show up in their voice, show up on screen. And of course, this is different for everyone. So those are just two examples. I mean, the, the examples I gave for women, those are com- those are the fears that I have a lot that I have to work through. What Aaron talked about, that's pretty common. But of course, it can be different. You can have the reverse of that. And there's so many other fears. It's It's very interesting. So with a release routine, it's good to be intentional and to have a practice, even a daily practice, if not a weekly practice of sitting down and figuring out what's going on, what's holding you back. And a lot of times we can see that if we're not feeling motivated, if we're procrastinating, you know, we have this goal, but we still haven't started the business or we we know different type of marketing strategies we want to implement, but we're just not taking action, figuring out the true reason behind that, because the automatic response for most people is, well, I don't know what to do. I'm not good at that. I'm not an expert at that. But the truth is, you know, there's always a way you can always learn, you can always outsource, delegate, you can take a course on it, you can work on it. And small action is going to help you. Nobody is an expert on day one. So you got to take the action that's required to be where you want to be. So that subconscious work, what has really helped me bring a lot of these things to the surface that I didn't even know was in my subconscious was working with a hypnotherapist who really went into my subconscious and had me recall memories from childhood, recall ways that I formed certain beliefs and where these things started and really vivid memories. So that actually worked really well for me. Sometimes I'll just journal as well. I'll sit down and I'll think like, what's going on? Why am I feeling down? Or why am I procrastinating on this thing? And you just ask yourself, why, why, why over and over until you get to the very deep root of the issue. 
And from there, the the way you can begin to release this, of course, just being aware about it helps. But then the next step would be now let's rewrite this narrative. So if you're someone who thinks I'm not good enough, you need to do the opposite. You need to pump yourself up with affirmations of I am good enough. I'm not worthy. No, I am worthy. I'm inherently worthy, anything like that, right? So it's being able to release those old narratives and to reframe and to plug yourself into the positive affirmations. The last thing that has been really fun (laughs) that I've been doing lately is inner child's healing. So talking to a therapist has been great, but to take it a step further, you know, once you uncover some things, it's like, okay, how can I heal that inner child? I think this is like a very popular, trendy thing that's starting to go around and some therapists and different people are creating courses on that. And I actually love it, you know? One thing I did was to think about the moments in my childhood that were hard, that were maybe embarrassing or like those subconscious, those subconscious memories of, well, when did this negative belief first form? And you think about that and you can write that down. But you also want to think about the times in your childhood where you were confident, fearless, joyful, right? And capture those moments. So we want to release the limiting beliefs and the old stories. And we want to be able to integrate those times and those feelings and those emotions and whatever even the activities we were doing. For me, I was recalling, you know, riding my bicycle in the city and like the wind in my hair. And I'm like, yeah, I felt awesome. Like I felt great doing that. So it's like I've kind of been having the desire to go biking outside, you know, it's like think about about things like that and and bring in those elements too. So to recap, the six powerful routines you need to become your higher self and optimize your life are a morning routine, a learning routine, a visionary routine, an exercise routine, a self-care routine, and a release routine. If you love this episode, subscribe and stay notified for new episodes every Tuesday. Leave us a review with what you liked or what you want more of. And don't forget, stay high vibe. Do you know these three things are sabotaging your ability to live your high vibe life? First is living in disconnection, which basically means walking around with no awareness of your body, emotions, or values. And second is letting negative self-talk run the show in your brain. That's just going to make you doubt your potential and stop you from going after your dreams. Finally, It's not having any supportive coping practices or self-care that doesn't take hours or cost tons of money. Because when you're living in chronic stress at home or work, the last thing that feels accessible is a spa day or a meditation retreat. We have personally struggled with all of these things, and that's why we created the Body Deck. This affirmation card deck has 77 intentionally designed beautiful cards to help you address all three of these high vibe killers in just a couple minutes a day. These affirmations will help you tune into your body and your inner world, practice positive self-talk, and best of all, it's super portable and affordable.
For only $33, benefit from the transformative practice of affirmations anywhere you go. So if you're ready to stop the self-sabotage and start being the highest version of yourself, you'll definitely want to get your hands on the Body Deck Affirmation Cards. Head over to solea.co. That's S-O-U-L-E-A dot C-O to get the Body Deck Affirmation Cards today. You can also find the link in the show notes.